Hi, welcome back. This is Leanne Finley Maxwell, and you are at the Panther City Partners podcast. Thank you so much for coming today and spending some time with me. Um, I am a personal growth and development coach, an academic coach, a life coach. I do all of those things, um, and I really help people navigate life's transitions. And so that's what we're talking about these next few episodes. Remember, the only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. And I'm hoping some of the tools and strategies that I discuss here on the podcast um, that I've learned from working with clients and learned by navigating my own life transitions, I'm hoping that those will be helpful to you and you'll find some value in them and you'll find um, that you can use some of these strategies as you navigate your own transitions. Um, Last time we talked about making a plan. Uh, We talked about that there are different types of transitions. There are planned transitions that you know are going to happen. There are those unplanned transitions that kind of seem to come out of nowhere and knock you sideways. There are significant transitions that are really big that have an impact probably on your whole life. And then there are those insignificant transitions that maybe will have a big impact on your whole life, but they could have an impact on your day or your morning or your interaction with a person right then. And when we make a plan, as we talked about last time, what we're really doing is we're, we're trying to create awareness about transitions in general. Um, you know, when you make a plan for a planned transition, then that's going to help you when you come across an unplanned transition because you're going to remember, okay, I know... I know this transitioning is happening now. Now I can make my plan. Um, You're really trying to create some calm in your chaos. And you're really, what we talked about last time is you're trying to take some time um, to not just build that awareness, but also to create that roadmap so that you can navigate the transition in a calmer, in a more thoughtful, mindful way. And so we talked a lot about the different ways that we can make plans through like literally writing out a plan, um, you know, picking out our clothes the night before, having routines for different um, transitions in our lives, having procedures that we follow, that one especially at work, there are procedures. Um, being organized in certain areas of your life um, with certain things so that you can find things later, managing your time so that you're not just knowing what needs to be done, but knowing how you're going to get it done. Those are all examples of of making a plan um, so that you can navigate transitions. Now, inevitably, I, I said this before, inevitably, We have a plan, we've thought through it, we're being real thoughtful and we're being mindful and everything is going great and something comes out of nowhere to knock us off our plan. Um, You know, morning transitions are difficult for my family. I've I've talked about that already. Um, And so we have made a plan, but lots of mornings, something comes in to knock us off, uh, knock us off track. Um, You know, we can't find things. Um, One morning I went out to my car and I had a flat tire. Um, You know, sometimes one kid will say something to the other kid and then both kids wind up being upset. Or sometimes there's just like a feeling or a mood in the air and it's causing something to happen. So it can be difficult because I've made this plan and we need to stick to this plan if we want to get out of this house with all of our stuff done and get to school on time. Now, sometimes what happens when you have made a plan is that it's real easy to just say, too bad, can't can't deal with this, got to go. We made a plan, we cannot stop, we have to get out this door to get to school on time. 
But as a cautionary tale, I would like to say that maybe we need to be flexible too. Okay, so that is my next strategy. Start with making a plan and then be flexible. So the other morning, we're doing our plan. We're eating breakfast. Um, It's time to brush teeth. And my daughter just starts crying. She's had a rough morning. She and her brother have gotten in a fight. But, you know, whenever she gets upset about one thing, it's suddenly, it's like everything floods in. And um, she just needed a moment. Now, the the perfectionist in me really wanted to say, we have a plan. You're supposed to be brushing your teeth right now. Let's get that done so we can get your shoes on and we can get out the door. But the mom in me and the, the, the um, recovering perfectionist in me really realized that we needed to take a moment. So I had to be flexible. She finished brushing her teeth, and then we actually got back in bed under the covers. She was dressed. I was dressed. Um, and we just laid there for a few minutes for me to hug her and hold her. She really needs that um, emotional connection, but also that physical contact of let's just snuggle for a moment. Um, We had a beautiful little moment there where she cried for a little bit. We talked through some of the things that she was upset about. We talked about that sometimes things are just hard and we, we deal with them anyway. We talked about that we still have each other, that we are connected to each other and that we are grounded and that daddy and I love you so much. And your brother, even though he doesn't always show it, he loves you so much. And we just held on to each other and she was able to cry and she was able to get that emotion out there. And I didn't try to push it away. I didn't try to say, no, you can't feel that. No, we don't have time for this. We just dealt with it. We just lived in that moment of pain and we handled it. And then after we handled it and after we felt it and after we connected, we were able to then get back in our routine, get our shoes on, get our backpacks ready, get out the door. And we still got out the door on time. Now, I could have handled that differently. And I have very often handled that differently where I say, no, we don't have time for this. You have to get your shoes on. We have to go. We have to go now. And I lose something there. I lose a connection with my daughter. Um, I lose the practice of dealing with um, interruptions. I lose that chance to be flexible. And so I think it's really important that we make those plans, but make those plans knowing that we're going to have to be flexible. you know, it was really helpful for my daughter and for me for us to have that moment together. I could have continued to yell and I could have continued to say, make it, make, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. But that's not what she needed. And it ultimately wasn't what I needed either. So we were, I was flexible. We dealt with what needed to be dealt with. And then we were able to get back on the road. It's like, you know, Google maps. When you take a detour, you can get back on the road or sometimes it reroutes you totally. You know, um, if there's too much traffic or too much congestion or too many disruptions, you might have to reroute the plan completely. That fortunately was a day where we could just kind of take a little detour and then get back onto our plan. Um, but it's hard to be flexible in those moments. We've made this plan, but and it and it sounds so counterintuitive for me to say, "Hey, make a plan," but then know how to be flexible. Um, but really, it's going to help us 
not, it's going to, that kind of, um, being flexible really helps us navigate those unplanned transitions because we know that we can handle them. We know that we can deal with them. And then we know that we can get back to our plan. Um, I know it's really easy to just say, Hey, I want to stick to my plan. Um, but it can be, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing to do in the moment. Um, so some other disruptions that, that, um, why I have come across. Um, you know, my son was about nine months old when we found out that we were pregnant with our daughter. Um, now that's, I'm, that's not a negative disruption, but it was definitely a disruption in our lives. You know, I was working full time. Um, my husband was working full time. We were living in Austin. Um, we had this beautiful baby still. And we were kind of trying to figure out our routine. We were making this work. We were making this whole two parents working full-time thing work. And then the moment I got found out that I was pregnant, while I was super excited, I also had this moment of like, oh my gosh, this is not part of our plan. Um, it was a huge, it was a, a, dis- a disruption or an interruption to the plan that we had. Um, and this was a chance for us to be flexible. You know, we didn't just detour and then get back on that same plan. We made a completely new plan. And sometimes that's what happens when you have when when you have a disruption or you have an interruption. You have to just make a completely new plan. Now, we knew what it looked like to make a plan because we had made one before. And so now we wanted to take aspects of that original plan for what it looked like for us to be two parents. Um and we wanted, we just changed them over to a different plan. So that's when we decided that, well, since we're pregnant, we have this huge um, transition. Let's just do a couple more transitions. That's when we chose to, to leave Austin and move back to Fort Worth. And yet another transition for me to be a stay-at-home mom. You know, those were all, those were ways that we were flexible. We could have stayed in Austin. We could have continued to both work full time. We could have made it work. And lots of people do make that work. They don't, they don't see that they need to make a new plan because they may not need to make a new plan. But for us, that creep in of, of fear and those overwhelmed feelings started creeping in when this transition came along. And, um, I just knew that that the plan that we had was no longer going to work for us. And so it's not just about being flexible in dealing with the problem and then getting back onto your plan. Sometimes it's the realization that, hey, maybe that plan we had created isn't the best plan for us anymore or isn't the best plan for me anymore. This has happened in work situations before where um, I went from being a stay-at-home mom to working full-time again. And the job that I transitioned into was not what it had, it was not what I had been told it would be. And it was a really toxic place to work. It was the kind of place where um, expectations were changing on a daily, if not hourly basis about what I was supposed to be doing. And it just didn't, it wasn't the right place for me to be. And so I had to, again, make, I had made a plan that I was going to go back to work full time and I was going to take this full time job. And after a few weeks at the job, a month at the job, I realized "Mm, this isn't the right place for me. Now, fortunately, um, another opportunity showed up, revealed itself, but it was a part-time job. And that was not the plan that we had set. Um, 
our for our finances, for daycare situations, for um, navigating raising two young children at this time because now they're both under three and under. So I had to take a moment and really kind of think about my plan. Um, is this plan important enough or is this plan um, the right path enough for me to be able to deal with this toxic work environment, to be able to deal with being unhappy every single day? Now, sometimes, yeah, the plan is important enough. I have to be able to feed my children. Um, I have to work here even if I don't like it. Um, I was really fortunate, really lucky to be in a position where I could reevaluate the plan. And through talking with my spouse, through, um, you know, really being aware of what the consequences, both positive and negative, of leaving that job and taking on this new part-time role, I was able to be flexible. I was able to be flexible with the plan. Um, not everyone has that um, flexibility. Not everyone has that um, luck or privilege to be able to do that in that specific situation. But even if you don't have the privilege of being able to leave a job that you absolutely hate, um, you can be flexible in how you show up to that job, or you can be flexible in, okay, this is the plan that I have to stick with right now, but what can I else can I be doing to get myself um, out of this job that I absolutely hate? So being flexible with how you're thinking not just about the plan that you've made, but about alternatives for other plans. Because you can, even if you're stuck on one plan and you feel stuck on that plan, that doesn't mean you can't be creating other plans at the same time. It might just be that you have to stick with this plan that is not really working out for you very well until you can transition over to this other more this other plan that's going to work better for you. And that really requires being flexible, being flexible with your time, um, but also being flexible with your mindset. I talked about that book, Mindset, last time, um, and that book really has helped me learn to be flexible with my mindset. Um, because if I choose, I mean, if, if I choose to think that I cannot do anything about my situation, that's a really fixed mindset. And sometimes that's going to work. And sometimes that's going to be what you need to do. But most of the time, I'm not saying it's not going to be hard. And I'm not saying it's not going to be, um, there's not going to be some rough patches. But usually we can change our situation, whether it's changing how we think about our situation or really and truly changing our situation um, by changing jobs or um, moving to a new place or um, getting help when we need help. Um, those are real true ways that we can change our situation, but they often start with a mindset change first. And that mindset change really is you being flexible, being flexible in the ways that you think about things and being flexible in the way that you want to show up. Um, some other examples of being flexible are going to be like dinner. <laughs> this is one of those kind of insignificant transitions, but my son has decided that he doesn't really like the food that I prepare. Um, that is a very frustrating thing for me. And so, because I have taken time to make dinner and it's really irritating when you refuse to eat it. So one of the things that I have to do is be flexible in that moment. What does it look like for me to be flexible in that moment? Well, I do force my child to eat some of the food. I, I really feel like he needs to try this food 
because he doesn't really know what he does and doesn't like because he just hasn't exposed himself to lots of different things. But then I let him go make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or go make an egg or a quesadilla. He gets to choose. He gets to choose how he wants to navigate that transition of not liking this food. Now, I could stay really mad and I could force him to eat every morsel on his plate. Um, And I've tried that and I'm sure you're going to be surprised to hear that it didn't go over very well. So when I have learned to be flexible in some of these transitions, it gives my son an opportunity to practice some autonomy, to practice being responsible. He had to learn how to cook an egg and he had to learn how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and he had to learn how to make a quesadilla. So he's learning how to be responsible and take care of himself, which are skills I want him to know how to, those are things I want him to know how to do. He's going to have to feed himself eventually without me around. Um, So I had to take a step back and look at that transition of, hey, he won't eat the food I cook anymore and change my mindset about it from being just angry and irritated that he won't do it and think about what can we actually learn from this? Well, there's a silver lining here because now he can learn how to make some food for himself and he can learn how to be responsible. But I had to change and be flexible in that situation because it's really easy to just stay I made a plan. We're going to make this. You're going to eat this dinner. But that wasn't really the best thing for us. Um, Even though it seems like a pretty insignificant transition, it wound up being actually a kind of significant transition because he learned how to do some things for himself and he learned how to be responsible. And I learned how to let go just a little bit of that control that I still sometimes believe that I have over my children. You know, um, In all of these transitions, the being flexible part really does have to come from a place of love. And that's kind of a mantra that I've been reminding myself over and over and over again to use when I'm navigating transitions. Um, It's a way for me to be flexible, but it's a way for me to be flexible in a loving way. So the mantra is choose love. Um, In these transitions and in these times that there are disruptions to my plan, um, when it's time for me to practice being flexible, I really have to think about how I'm being flexible. I have to have that awareness of, am I being flexible out of, out of a place of anger? And am I, um, putting that anger, projecting that anger onto my friends or my family or even to myself? And is that really how I want to show up here? Yes, I could probably get it done by being angry, but is that how I want to get it done? And typically the answer is no. I want to get these things done through love. So when my son inevitably says, actually, I don't like this food, I've taken one bite and I know I don't like it, I can choose to be angry and we can navigate that transition angrily. Um, I can be flexible. I can still be flexible and let him do, make his food. But when I do it from a place of anger, it's so much different than when I do it from a place of love. And um, this is one of those places that I'm practicing constantly being flexible and choosing love. Um, It looks a lot different when I say, okay, babe, take five bites. And after you're done with those five bites, you're welcome to go make something else. That looks to him and feels so much differently to him than it does when I choose, okay, eat those five bites, and then I guess you'll get to go make whatever you want, ungrateful little child. 
those are, I mean, basically I'm doing the same thing there. Make, take your five bites. I'm being flexible, but I'm doing it in such a different way that he winds up feeling differently. He winds up feeling shame and guilt. And ultimately I wind up feeling shame and guilt about that interaction. So when I can take a moment and choose love in those times of being flexible, then I really am making that interaction not just better for my son or for my daughter or my spouse or my friends, but I'm also making that situation so much better for me. Because when I can be flexible in a loving way rather than in an angry way or an irritated or frustrated or resigned way, then I'm taking ownership of how I feel about that situation. And I'm taking ownership of how I want to be flexible. Yes, I had a plan. Yes, now I have to be flexible and cope or deal with this interruption or this disruption. But if I take a moment and choose how I want to show up in that situation, then I can regain some of my control over the fear and the anger and the anxiety that are bound to set in with any transition. So being flexible is really important. Um, You don't have to let the disruption or the interruption derail your entire plan. You can handle the plan, handle the disruption, and then get back on your plan, or you can handle the disruption and realize that you need to make a new plan, but it requires that you be flexible. So make a plan, but know how to be flexible in those situations. And those transitions are still going to come. Those transitions are going to happen regardless of whether or not you have a plan, but it's going to make it easier to navigate if you do have a plan. And it's going to make it easier to navigate if you understand that you're going to have to be flexible at some point during the transition. Um, I have a few more tips for navigating life's transitions that we will um, explore in the next few sessions. But I want to end today's session um, with talking about another book that I've read, and then I want to do a brief kind of self-compassion break. So the next book that I want to chat that I want to tell you about is called um, "Dear Girls," and it's by the actress and comedian and writer Ali Wong. It is hilarious and filthy, but it is so much fun to read. Now, I love to read um, these memoirs by celebrities, by just your average Joe. I think that these memoirs are such a great example of dealing with life's transitions because whether the person who wrote the book or not is, is famous or not, they have had to navigate life's transitions because we all have had to navigate them. And so it's really fun for me to read some of these um, transition stories, memoirs from famous people because it helps normalize some of the things that I'm feeling. You know, she we're very different. She makes a ton of money and she has comedy specials on Netflix and she's Asian-American, and she um, has a a lot of things going for her that that are not the same as what I have going for me. But we're also very similar. You know, we we have family dynamics that we're dealing with, siblings and parents. She has two children. I have two children. We have spouses that we both love and get annoyed with. Um, She has had to make her own way in a space that wasn't necessarily designed for her. Um, And I've had to make my own way in a space that I wasn't necessarily thinking that I would be going through. So celebrity memoirs are a lot of fun because it gives you the opportunity to realize that the transitions that you're going through in life, um, while they may be different than Ali Wong's, and I may handle them differently, um, it is nice to know that she's also struggling too. 
that's the point of it. She struggles too, but she deals with it and I deal with it and we all come out better for it. Um, I am going to say it's totally filthy, it, but it is hilarious. This is a great book, a great read. So if you get the chance to check out Ali Wong's Dear Girls, it just came out in October and I have been reading on it for two days and I'm almost done because it is so, it's so fun to, to read. Um, so get your hands on some books about other people's transitions, and that can be a really great way to help you navigate your transitions too. The last thing that I want to do is just take a moment um, really for you to have a moment of self-compassion. Um, we are all navigating life's transitions, and we're struggling with them, and we're succeeding with them, and we're somewhere in between. But the thing that I want us to realize is that um, you're not alone in those, even though it sometimes feels like it. Um, a great website that I have used many times recently is, um, the Greater Good Science Center. It's through the, um, Greater Good Science Center at Berkeley. Um, and they have some tools and strategies for, um, they talk about happiness and well-being, but this particular, uh, meditation can be really great for any time in your life, not just when you're trying to to figure out how to be happy, but when you're just trying to say, hey, I need to cut myself some slack and, and realize that I'm doing good things. It's called a self-compassion break. And so I'm just going to lead you through it real quick. It's not a terribly long um, meditation, but I'd like for you to just take a moment. And if you want to, you can close your eyes. And I want you to think of a situation in your life that is difficult or causing you stress be those kids that we both love and want to throw out the window sometimes. It could be your spouse or your significant other. It could be work-related. It could be friendship-related. It could just be an internal struggle that you're dealing with. But we're all dealing with difficult and stressful things. And I really want you to call that situation to mind and see if you can actually feel the stress and emotional discomfort. Really bring it on and feel it. Now say to yourself, this is a moment of suffering. When you acknowledge this, when you have mindfulness about it, you simply notice what's going on for you emotionally in the present moment. You're not judging yourself. You're not judging that experience as good or bad. You're just saying, I am suffering. This hurts or this is stress. Next, say to yourself, suffering is a part of life. Recognize your common humanity with others, that all people have trying experiences, and that those rough times really give you, so give you something in common with the rest of humanity. They don't mark you as abnormal or deficient. They mark you as being similar to others. You might also say, other people feel this way. I am not alone. Or we all struggle in our lives. Now with that in mind, place your hands over your heart and feel the warmth of your hands and the gentle touch on your chest and say, may I be kind to myself. 
this is a way for you to express that self-kindness and that self-compassion. You might also say, may I give myself the compassion that I need? May I accept myself as I am? May I forgive myself? May I be strong? May I be patient? And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and you can let that feeling of understanding and connection with the world and with other people who are suffering wash over you and know that you really are not alone. Thank you so much for your time today. Navigating life's transitions are a struggle. They can cause us to doubt ourselves and to feel stress and to feel suffering. But knowing that we're not alone in those transitions, knowing that we're not alone in, those, in that suffering, knowing that it's okay to take a moment and just accept yourself for who you are can really, really help you continue to navigate those transitions in an easier manner. Remember, the only constant is change, and you really don't have to go it alone. I'm Leanne Maxwell with Panther City Partners. I'm here with my podcast to, to share in these transitions with you. Please follow me on Instagram at panthercitypartners.com. Check out my YouTube channel, Panther City Partners. Let's do this together. Let's navigate these life's transitions together. And I'll see you back here next week so we can talk about some more strategies for navigating life's transitions. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great day.